0: Tell us your experience about how you felt like moving out of Delhi to to Japan and uh, more importantly, uh, switching from banking to a different career. I
1: think it's about your mindset, how you take a new situation and be open to new experiences. And um, it was, um, it was not easy initially to, you know, change my mindset that because I had Many years of experience in banking.
0: There was an earthquake, and which kind of led you to uh, move to move to Singapore. So, what was it like?
1: The earthquake was. It's one. You know, it's a life-altering experience, and um, I learned so much about the Japanese people.
0: If I compared, you know, living in Japan and living in Netherlands, uh, which one would you choose, and uh, what's what are the kind of striking difference you, you find?
1: Um. Well, it was a different time. Uh, Living in Japan was interesting uh, because the the language barrier kind of creates those
0: bonds. Tell us about, uh, you know, once you came to the Netherlands and uh, then you started a company, how how can someone start a company? What are the things that one has to keep in mind? Uh, How easy it is for an expect to start a company? Uh, And what goes through that, that journey from day zero to at least, you know, when you have a registered entity?
1: So I started, I came to the Netherlands on a startup visa. So, uh, the Netherlands has an option. It's a one-year visa and um, you have to submit, uh, you know, your idea with with details. So,
0: talk us about your idea.
1: Spark One is really about people coming together, bringing people together to share what they've learned through life, their knowledge, experiences, skills uh, in an informal setting. And um, the key is interaction really through those, uh, inter- you know, through those sessions. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Staying Indian. Today, I have a very special guest with me today, Rashmi Baya. Rashmi has been living in the Netherlands for the past three years. She has lived in many other countries, uh, Singapore, Japan, to name a few. Uh, she has started a company, SparkOn, uh, in Netherlands, which has a very unique and interesting uh, business model, as well as, you know, kind of helping out the world. So we'll hear more about it. But uh, before that, welcome, Rashmi.
1: Thank you, Gaurav. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, Rashmi, for for our audience, can you tell us briefly about, you know, how your journey started and how you you kind of, you know, uh, moved to to so many different countries?
1: Well, um, I'm originally from India, from, as you know, uh, from New Delhi, and um, I was born and brought up there. I started my career in banking and finance, and um, actually, when I got married, um, I moved to Tokyo with my husband, where he was working. That was the start of my, you know, NRI journey, so to speak. Um, In Japan, I couldn't continue with my banking um, career because of uh, Uh, language barrier. So I reinvented myself and I started teaching. Um, I started teaching English. And um, after experiencing the earthquake in Japan, um, we moved to Singapore. And uh, there I was, because it was English-speaking country, I I decided I could work in banking again. But when I actually got a job in banking, I realized my heart was no longer in it. And I uh, studied further and I, I got a degree in psychology and counseling. And I started uh, working with, uh, in you know, shelters with yeah. used women, with children, with various people. So um, that was my journey up to Singapore. And uh, dur- during this time, yeah. um, my mother had an accident and she uh, became wheelchair bound. And that uh, made her, you know, lonely. My mother used to be a teacher, so my uh, sister managed to find a lady, a yeah. young lady who wanted to learn English and my mother started interacting with her. And during these sessions, uh, we just saw such a positive change. It really made her feel valued. It gave her a purpose and it really brought her out of the, you know, depressive or the lonely uh, state. And, um, then we decided that uh, she had always wanted to learn art and painting and, um, she never had the opportunity. So we found an uh, um, art student who wanted to just make a little money and also give back. And the art lessons and another mother started uh, learning painting at 68. And um, it was a beautiful thing to watch, you know, the, the magic that happened. And that was my idea for on um, that so many people could benefit from it if they had a means, an easy way to just learn from each other. So, um, when i started developing the idea during covid uh, my mother was here in the netherlands and uh, netherlands really encourages you know innovations and startup and so i decided to move here to uh, establish spark
0: wow that's some amazing you know kind of a uh, inspiration there to to still you know want uh your parents to kind of have some motivation right and to kind of pull them out of of that state that that is really recommendable and that is uh amazing uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, li- I like to focus a bit upon uh, your life in Japan, you know, so you, you kind of moved out of India. It's, Japan is totally different uh, beast, I would say, in terms of how living is there. Because in Delhi, you have big houses. And for sure, I know in Japan, there are very consistent uh, places. Uh, because I've lived in Hong Kong, and which is kind of a bit similar. Uh, but t- yeah. tell us your experience about how you felt like moving out of Delhi to, to Japan. And uh, more importantly, uh, switching from banking to a different career, because people, you know, think these days that if I if I t- even take a break for one year, my career is gone. I cannot switch this uh, uh, from this industry because my experience won't count. But to me, I think, you know, all dots are connected. It's, it's about your experience is never lost. You sometimes, you know, repurpose it. Uh, but tell us how did you felt about that?
1: Japan was is just an incredible place, a very different experience. And I think um, I didn't really struggle. I took it as an opportunity to learn about a new culture, uh, to explore a new place. And uh, the people that I met really made the difference, actually. You know, through my teaching, I, was, I met so many different people. Um, I was able to connect with so many expats. So people from various countries. I have friends from more than 50 countries now because of living uh, abroad so it's i think it's about your mindset how you take a new situation and be open to new experiences and um it was um it was yeah. not easy initially to you know change my mindset that um because i had many years of experience in banking but um again it's it's similar to moving to a new country uh, you know you have a certain situation you can either Uh, keep feeling bad about that situation that it's it's, um, not what you want it to be or you can make the most of it so um, you just have to have a positive mindset and um, and you just adapt to what's given and if you have that mindset that openness um, life gives you more opportunities you know through my um, reinvention through my career i learned so much about myself so every time you put in a new situation you get to learn about yourself and you develop uh, sides of you that you didn't know existed
0: yeah, that that's indeed true, and um, I mean, learning is the key part here. You know, keep on learning, keep on learning new skills, and uh, don't don't take um, uh, work life that seriously. That you know, that is your life. It's it's more about you know, kind of a holistic uh, view of everything rather than just uh, working. Uh, but you you kind of touched upon uh, that there was an earthquake, and which kind of led you to. Uh, move to move to Singapore. So, what was it like?
1: Um, actually, the decision was taken um, out of our hands because my husband's company moved, uh, decided to move us. But the earthquake was—it's you know—it's a life-altering experience, and um, I learned so much about the Japanese people how they reacted mm-hmm. to the earthquake people around us how people reacted there were you know obviously there were people who just left mm-hmm. Egypt on the same day but I'd lived in Japan for so many years that I felt it was home and uh, I almost felt guilty leaving actually because I felt I'm sort of abandoning uh, this place that I called home but the, the way those people um, band together and come together um, and are so respectful as a culture with each other so the supermarkets were empty, but you know, there was no drinking water, but people would just pick up one bottle mm. so that the others could have, um, there was some left for other people. So it was again, yeah. a very big learning experience about human beings, about how different mm. people react to different situations. So moving to Singapore was uh, a very big change after that experience. But, uh, you know, if life stays the same, then you, you stop learning really. And you stop growing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah any, any kind of interesting uh, stories or anecdotes that you can share, uh, maybe through, throughout you know, uh, kind of living in Japan?
1: Yeah. Like I said, the Japanese people are uh, really, really yeah. helpful and kind, even though you know m- most of them didn't speak, I think it's changed now, but most of them didn't speak English very well. So, and we didn't have Google Maps at that time. So every time uh, I had to ask directions to go somewhere. You know, the the beauty was, or what surprised me was that people would actually take me to where I wanted to go, go out of their way, and take me, whether it's to a train station or, uh, you know, a destination, and then leave from there. So um, that was really nice. Uh, It's a a very heartwarming human interaction. And then I learned to do that for other people who would ask. Yeah.
0: Uh, because uh, you you think that Japan is very busy, people are very busy. Everyone is rushing to to yeah. their own things. But then taking out a few minutes for for someone you don't know uh, that's that's really yeah. nice. But then uh, t- tell us about how how kind of you know uh, you you a lot of people don't know that uh, there are many Indians in uh, Japan as well, right? So uh, were you able to kind of m- through your English teaching meet a lot of Indians as well?
1: I think you meet Indians regardless. Uh, I. One of the first people I met was um, an Indian lady who's a good friend to this day. And she introduced me to the English teaching, actually. And she really helped me out to, um, you know, show me how I could get into the area and really helped me to because I had no experience of teaching. So she really helped me. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, when you're living in an alien kind of uh, uh, um, an alien land, let's say, the The Indian community really um, comes together. They become your family. People, you know, Indians. We are very helpful people. We just help each other. So, that uh, those bonds um, that you form overseas are they, they never uh, break. You know. So it's um, yeah. yeah,
0: indeed. So uh, if if I compare, you know, living in Japan and living in Netherlands, uh, which one would you choose? And uh, what's what are the kind of striking difference you, you find?
1: Um well it was a different time uh, living in japan was interesting uh, because the, the language barrier kind of creates those bonds between the people who are from other countries really so you you form very strong bonds with people and your uh, nationality has no um, bearing on those bonds you know i have friends like i said from so many different countries to this day Um, In the Netherlands, you have, everybody speaks English, so it's much easier here. But also, it's a very thriving international community. So, and here I find um, it's, you can be anybody, you know, you can be from any country. I don't, there's an openness in the culture, uh, which is very different from Japan. So, both have their beauty in a way, like very different, but very welcoming, very warm, and very open, yeah. So it's really um, it nice here as well.
0: Yeah, which is different from the weather, right? So <laughs> weather is a bit cool for people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I uh, don't uh,
1: complain about the weather here uh, yeah, because I've lived in yeah. Singapore where the weather where the weather never changes. So I actually like the change. I'm a <laughs> okay. strange person. here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Change is always good. So uh, tell us about, uh, you know, once you came to Netherlands and, Uh, Then you started a company, how how can someone start a company, what are the things that one has to keep in mind, Uh, how easy it is for an expect to start a company, Uh, and what what goes through that that journey from day zero to at least, you know, when you have a registered entity?
1: So I started, I came to the Netherlands on a startup visa. So uh, the Netherlands has an option. It's a one-year visa. And... um, you have to submit, uh, you know, your idea with with details, and in order to get that visa, you need to be backed by a facilitator. So, um, which are organizations which you know will you have to have a contract with the facilitator. So, my journey started with the first application, and um, once the facilitator likes your idea, then you have to create give them a proper business plan. Uh how you're going to build the company and what you're going to achieve, you know, with the company and it has to have a value for uh, for the Netherlands. So that is one of the key factors. And um, I was, um, you know, lucky to have the approval from a facilitator. And once you have that, they um, you can apply for your startup visa and come and register your company with the Chamber of Commerce, the KBK and uh, get started. Uh And for the first okay. year, the facilitator uh, kind of guides you through. Um, so for one year, they, they have to guide you through, you know, acclimatizing and creating a business here. So it's not easy to create a business in a different
0: country. And you can do all this uh, by living, uh, let's say, in India or anywhere in the world, right? You can register you can, for a yes. facility.
1: Okay. Yes. And once you're here, you can register your company. So um you can register from anywhere so if you have an idea go for it <clears throat> apply give
0: it a shot yeah definitely and uh, let's say you know th- are there any kind of milestones uh, uh, related to your visa uh, if you come here for one year and then uh, you, how how your business has to perform in order to kind of renew your visa
1: you have to create milestones for sure and that is a discussion with your facilitator so the at the end of the year um you have a, a presentation with the facilitator to see whether you've achieved milestones or how many milestones you've achieved. Um, You know, it's not easy to start a business. So it's not about the money really, whether you start, you can't start making profits in the first year unless um, you're very lucky. Uh, So at the end of the year, the facilitator has to sign an approval letter. And after that you have to apply, you, you change to a self-employment visa and uh, that lasts for two years. You're on your own after that, basically.
0: Okay, nice. That's uh, that's good to know. Uh, so, talk us about your idea, and you you kind of touched a briefly uh, touched briefly upon an inter- introduction, but you know, tell us tell us some more details on on how how you came up with it and how was the development phase itself.
1: So, um, yeah, like I mentioned, you know, where the idea originated from um, is one really about connecting people, and uh, given my background in business, in you know uh, working i did a lot of volunteer work with the elderly with women with children and uh, in education so it kind of was a culmination of all those areas coming together and um, uh, spark one is really about people coming together bringing people together to share what they've learned through life their knowledge experiences skills uh, in an informal setting, and um, the key is interaction. Really, through those, uh, inter- you know, through those sessions, so knowledge sharing can really bring people together and give a sustained, like a purposeful interaction, a meaningful interaction, rather than just meet for a party, and then you don't maybe meet people again, you know. So it, it gives the and it makes people feel valued. It, it gives. It, there's a, it builds a sense of community when you're interactive uh, through interactive learning. So we have an option for. Uh, it's, it's always face to face learning, you could do it in person or online. And um, so we developed a platform through which makes it very easy to create a session, you know, you can teach whatever you want. Um, we have, you know, and it's, it's not a formal course. So there's, it's just sharing yeah. of, um, what you've learned through life. So it, it's very easy to use. And um, the key is that it's face to face interactive learning
0: indeed i was going through the platform and you know if you want to improve your soft skill if you want to learn painting if you want to learn a hobby there are so many options and I think it's very reasonable uh, in terms of uh, the experience you get because it's not a course. It's not something that you pay thousands of uh, uh, bucks uh, out of your pocket and download something. It's it's uh, scheduled one-to-one. You can interact with the person. And I think uh, learning is more fun when, when you have that option of talking to someone and then, you know, asking uh, your questions on the way.
1: Absolutely. the um, I mean, the key is to make it affordable and inclusive for everybody. So, so, so the price uh, or the language should not be a barrier, you know and and also there is a fear for of joining formal courses um, uh, Gaurav, you know, like e-learning is huge these days, you know, there are platforms for e-learning, but it's, you can sign up for a course and most people don't even complete those courses that they uh, sign up for because you're trying to motivate yourself to study alone is still a lonely place to be, you know, you're sitting at home and studying. So uh, really through SparkOn, um I, I want to encourage inclusivity and affordability and just, because with, uh, especially as, you know, with AI, with technology, um, be losing the human skills really the softer skills like you like you said and um spark really wants to encourage just continuous learning it make it really easy for people to try different things explore different um skills and and keep learning and um that is the that that is the future really like the people who uh, you know leadership critical thinking teamwork those are the skills of the future but you can't um get those skills by learning alone no. online you have to have interactions for those so really no, our, our goal is collaborative learning yeah
0: no indeed uh tell me about you know having downloaded <clears throat> courses and I'm not having the time to do it so i have like desk lessons i have like uh public speaking uh courses that i've downloaded but never got a chance to uh complete them uh but uh, t- tell us about what what is in future for spark on where are you headed towards how is it going
1: uh, we've just, uh, launched it this year. So, um, you know, it's, it's the feedback is incredible. So we have very optimistic. We have a lot of plans uh, of making it better. We take the feedback, really appreciate all the feedback we get to, to improve it. Uh, we have more and more sharers, uh, so the people who share their knowledge, we call them sharers coming forward with incredible, uh, sessions, you know, uh, really, um, unexpected, unique sessions. Um, and, um, we have people who've joined us already uh, from 63 countries. So while uh, we've launched it in the Netherlands, it's a global platform, you know, that, and that's the beauty of technology. You can, um, it just brings people together. Like it's, a, so I really, um, the future is, I want to make it like the global hub for face-to-face learning.
0: Indeed, definitely. And uh, if you have a platform like that, anyone can use it across uh, and uh, book sessions so uh, it, it's it's kind of a global platform as you said so how, why did you choose netherlands to start this you know kind of business
1: it's an it's interesting um you know <laughs> the question um like i mentioned like um you know it was about intergenerational mm-hmm. connections connecting older people uh, with younger people and just bringing people together and and also addressing loneliness like i mentioned earlier uh, in Asia, the culture generally is, we still take care of our parents. We still take care of the elderly, you know, and they live with families. So there is a different um, family structure there. It's changing, but in the West, in, uh, you know, in Europe and the U.S., it's, uh, people are much more, there is more loneliness because they nuclear families. And, um, you know, the el- and as the population is aging, there are more and more older people, and even younger people actually, who are living alone. So... I thought SparCon would have a much more a bigger impact in uh, in Europe. Um, my family is uh, based in various places in Europe, so it was also for me to move closer to family. And Netherlands really um, is English speaking; it's very international, and I think it's a really um, great base to reach out across Europe, and uh, you know, and then globally, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed, true. Um, but you can share a bit more is from the platform itself any any particular uh, person uh, or any particular uh, story in terms of you know someone and he joined your platform and that transforms something into something yeah. yes
1: yeah okay um yeah we've had a really um, you know seen transformation in people through uh on. one of our earliest sharers uh, was an amateur photographer just she used to take pictures with her um, iphone and post them on instagram and um but they were really good pictures, so I really encouraged her to share on Spark On. And uh, once she did that, um, you know, she got such good feedback that it really gave her the confidence and it um, and uh, to to really pursue photography as a profession eventually, so over a period of time. Um, and today she's a professional photographer. And I have, you know, other similar stories. Um, another lady who had been learning yoga for 15 years, she started teaching on Spark On. And the feedback encouraged her so much uh, that she got into meditation today. She has her own thriving um, hypnotherapy. She she qualified in hypnotherapy Mm. because that interest came from her background uh, in yoga and uh, meditation. And um, she's uh, reinvented her whole career. So uh, also people who've, I've personally received so many messages from learners who come and because Spark One gives them a safe space to share their stories to when they're interacting during sessions, and they feel the sense of community. And, um, you yeah. know, it's, it's uh, wonderful for me to receive those messages uh, about people who have experienced this.
0: Amazing. Yeah, indeed true. Uh, so I, I feel that, you know, every person has some skills and, uh, you know, you can learn something from every person. And I think that your platform kind of uh, helps for people to realize what their core skills are and uh, give them the confidence to pursue those. So it's it's really good initiative, Rashmi, and uh, I like to people who are listening to us to kind of go and visit and see if anything interests them. I'll, I'll share the links in the descriptions. Uh, but thank you so much. Thank you for uh, taking out the time and uh, sharing your uh, journey uh, with us. Thank you,
1: Gaurav. It's a pleasure to be here.